Green Bay Packers quarterback Jordan Love is one of the biggest winners of the preseason. Why? We explain on this episode of the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. You are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Marcus Mosher and Kate Madjuke. Welcome back to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is Kate Majuk. You can follow her on Twitter at Kate Majuk. Kate, today we are talking about the biggest winners and losers from the quarterback position in the preseason. I got to say, Jordan Love appears to be one of the biggest winners. Why do you think that's the case? Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't think there's there's much more you probably could have asked of Jordan Love. Um, finished the preseason with 193 passing yards, didn't throw any interceptions, which was good. But what I like to see was some of that involvement as a rusher, 32 rushing yards on five rushing attempts uh, over the course of the preseason. Uh, seems to be in a rhythm. Uh, it's targeting Luke Musgrave, uh, rookie tight end out of the 2023 draft class. Um very heavily through the preseason. Seems like there's a bit of a connection there as well. Um, you know, I think my expectations were so low. Jordan Love didn't blow me out of the water necessarily. It's not like, um, you know, he he was, you know, QB1 necessarily yeah, yeah. Uh, in what we saw. But I think overall what we saw is that like this offense is going to be fine with Jordan yeah. Love. And I think that was like an important um, sort of prove it moment is – can this offense execute well with Jordan Love? Three passing touchdowns. Um, you know, generally not like a not like a, a big, um, not again, not necessarily a big showing. But I think he he proved that uh, the the skill position players that he's going to be playing with in, in this this you know however long he gets as this as the starter. Um, I, I just, I like what we saw. He looked confident. He looked calm, composed. Um, yep. And again, that, that rushing potential on the ground um, is something that makes you feel kind of good about, you know, if, if Jordan love is maybe you're like QB two QB three in a super flex league, like, you you might get some playing time out of Jordan Love in your fantasy lineups. I know that he's a super flex quarterback for me in one of my leagues, and I feel really good. And it, it it's just because I was really worried that without Aaron Rodgers, that this team was just going to be a disaster on offense, and that's clearly not the case. Now we'll see what the ceiling is and what the, the kind of week to week consistency is, but I just have a hard time believing like this is going to be a dumpster fire of an offense that's unable to get the ball to the playmakers like. If there's one takeaway from the preseason, it's that I think Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and Luke Musgrave and the running backs are going to be fine. Well, again, we'll see the ceiling. We'll see what the upside is, but they're all going to be fine. Yeah, and I think that for where they're being drafted right now, all of these assets in the Green Bay offense, they've generally been sort of faded for – uh, you know, the the fact that we didn't know what this Packers offense was going to look like. I think we can feel a lot more comfortable uh, and, and start moving these assets up our draft boards a little bit yes. more with the knowledge and, and the the 
insight that we've gleaned here so far in the preseason from Jordan Love. I will also say now, while they didn't connect down the field, Christian Watson get, did get a lot of deep targets from Jordan Love. So that's one of the things I wanted to see. Like, was Jordan Love going to be aggressive and throw the ball down the field? Uh, and the answer is absolutely yes. They still have got to work on the timing and that connection there. But I do anticipate Jordan Love being somebody who is aggressive and not just a dink and dunk, you know, try to be a high percentage quarterback. I think he's going to be aggressive by nature. Yeah. And and if, you know, this offense and uh, this, you know, kind of scheme that we've seen deployed in Green Bay can, can you know, translate well to Jordan Love, they can limit those turnovers despite still having those those big play potentials. This could be really huge in terms of dynasty value. And I'm kind of excited to see where this team goes, even though like the Green Bay Packers, they just generally feel kind of vanilla. But like, I I don't know, you know what we saw here throughout the preseason. You've got to be nothing but encouraged here with what you've seen. We have another winner that we want to mention. We've we've talked about this player ad nauseum uh, in the preseason so far. But Sam Howell has to be (laughs) one of the biggest winners because, first of all, name the starter, which – I don't think you and I were all that worried that he wasn't going to win that job, but he did do that. And for the most part, looked pretty good in the preseason. We saw him play well against the Ravens in week two of the preseason. Uh, we saw him using his legs. Uh, I, I think he's somebody who has, you know, he's a high upside QB two in your super flex leagues. Yeah. I, I don't think there's been probably inter- any winner as big as Sam Howell this preseason. And, you know, again, that comes on the back of, Honestly, like I, I think the most uh, progression we've seen is, is, you know, his upside as a passer. I don't think any of us had questions necessarily about what he could bring potentially in the run game. Um, but, you know, he he looked fantastic, completed uh, over 75 percent of passes, um, averaged 7.2 yards per attempt, no picks, uh, three touchdowns and and just looked really poised and and we know he's got some talented receivers there in that Washington offense between Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin, who is banged up at this point, but like this, um, you know, pairing that rushing upside with the floor, I think that we saw, you know, from Sam Howell as a passer um, can't understate the, the amount of winning that Sam Howell did this off season. And he wasn't even active for week three of the preseason. Yeah, I mean, tells it, you, they want to put this guy in a bubble and, and, save him make sure there's no no more injury risk after what they saw with McLaurin now the, yeah I was gonna say the, it's the only bummer about this whole situation for Sam Howe in the preseason is that Terry McLaurin got banged up seems unlikely that he'll be ready to play by week one I wouldn't be surprised if this is a multi-week absence uh for Terry McLaurin that's that's their best offensive weapon uh, but again we're talking dynasty here I think long term uh the, the, just the overall value for Sam Howell has shot way up because it does feel like there's something here, right? And it feels like whenever he starts, he's going to be somebody that you know has a shot to have 45 rushing yards, 200 plus passing yards, and with all those weapons, you know maybe Washington's a pretty decent offense this year. Yeah, and it you know I think the biggest hesitancy on how going forward in dynasty is obviously that draft capital selected in the fifth round, but um, you know I think. Like based on what we've seen, it, it like Sam Howell had been graded out as a first round prospect. I really liked him a lot. Like obviously had some things to come uh, clean up coming out of UNC, but he's young. He's not even twenty three years old yet. Um, going to see a birthday here in the next couple of weeks, but like so young has a lot of upside. And 
you know, if, if he can keep this up, especially with Eric Bieniemy at OC, um, you know, Sam Howe can be the long-term solution for this team at quarterback. And if he is, man, did they get a steal in the fifth round. But, man, do fantasy managers get to buy into his discounted price because of that lack of draft capital. What do you get a 23-year-old starting quarterback in the NFL for a birthday present? Um, uh, I don't know. How, how high can we draft him uh, for fantasy? Um, I feel like that's the best gift of all yeah. that we can give Somebody him. Somebody takes is, him is, in the first round of his home league, right? Yeah, by, by starting to put some respect on his name. That is the best birthday present we there can get. Same how is putting respect on his name and starting to respect the fact that um, you know, despite that, that real life NFL draft capital, this could be one of the budding stars that, that yeah. takes over this league. And, and I'm so excited for him and the weapons he's surrounded by. Coffee is always a good answer for me, but that's, that's for me. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I'll never say no to a cup of coffee. Mike. Exactly. Uh, all right. Let's talk about some of the biggest losers from the quarterback position in the preseason next. This episode is brought to you by Underdog. August is here, and you know what that means. It is the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades, and Underdog will set your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time is back, and it's even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner actually drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. Welcome back to the Lockdown Dynasty Football Podcast. A podcast every day on tomorrow's show. Matt and Ryan are going to break down the biggest winners and losers from the running back position during the preseason. Make sure you tune in for that. Okay, let's talk about a loser at the quarterback position. You have Deshaun Watson. I'm curious to hear your case here. Yeah, I, I think the the biggest thing for me, like there there wasn't a whole lot wrong with Deshaun Watson's game, right? I, like he played fairly clean football. Um, but I, I think what makes him a loser in my mind is just kind of a, a lack of um, general aggression. I feel like we haven't seen the same kind of spark that has, has been what's kept him lingering, you know, in, in the top 10, top 12 dynasty quarterbacks, like, you know, managers have been holding on uh, to Deshaun Watson because of that upside. Now we've seen, uh, you know, some of that mobility, which is, of course, made him, you know, so special, so valuable for fantasy. But I don't think we've seen that that kind of upside as a passer that we've been, you know, so accustomed to. He hasn't looked overly special. Um, and and maybe that's like not, uh, you know, like that's that's totally the eye test. He's he was fine again as a as a passer. But, you know, I, I think in terms of of upside I'm just wondering what is the upside for Deshaun Watson completed um you know eight of 13 pass attempts 104 receiving yards one or 104 passing yards one touchdown but like 
he didn't feel like he had that oomph, Marcus. Well, like, I, he... I'll tell you what it was for me because I, I I had the same takeaway. He didn't he didn't play poorly because if you watch the throw that he had to David Njoku for the touchdown, that was yeah. an incredible throw. He had a play uh, last week against Kansas City where he got outside the pocket on a third down, scrambling, making a play with his legs, fighting Amari Cooper down the field for like a 50-yard gain. Awesome. But everything else just felt so clunky for Cleveland on offense. A, a perfect example is twice in the first quarter of that game, Watson was running a read option with the running back, and they fumbled the ball. Like they just mishandled the snap or the you know the, the action twice. Then there was other plays where – he ended up going the wrong way on a boot action and he got hit. Uh, there's a couple times he had to throw the ball away. It just, it's clear that he's still really talented, that he's still a fantastic athlete. I just, I wonder about this fit with Kevin Stefanski. Like I think Deshaun Watson is at his best when he is improvising and he's making plays and he's getting outside the pocket, but a Kevin Stefanski offense is not too dissimilar to like a Kyle Shanahan's offense where it's very structured easy reads, play action, high-low stuff. We want you to play within the system. I, I think they're going to eventually figure it out. But as of right now, it just it looks a lot like what we saw last year where there's flashes of brilliance, but it's still play in and play out. It just looks so weird. I think it. I, I think that's actually like the, the word you used, I think, was clunky. Um, I, like, I think that that sort of, uh, is, is maybe a better way of trying, like nothing looked like easy and smooth for, for nothing looked crisp on offense. Like it wasn't like, Hey, there's four straight completions with guys, you know, catching on the run. It's great pass. And then it's a ball in the dirt and then it's one high. And then it's a nice play down the sideline to Donovan people's It's just, I want to see some consistency there. Yeah. I, I just, you know, for, for a guy that that we've seen again, be so special as a passer in this league. Um, in addition to what he's provided, you know, as a rusher, um, I, I guess I, I had kind of expected that we would see a little bit more from Deshaun Watson um, just with that, that knowledge that he finally had, you know, an, an off season, you know, he's, yep. he's, you know, hopefully cleaning things up uh, in his personal life. But like, I, I kind of expected that we were going to see, um, just, I guess, more of those flashes than, than we've seen, you know, over the last season. And I'm not panicking yet, but I, I'm also not, there's nothing from the preseason that makes me want to go out and buy Deshaun Watson in my season. Exactly. Party. And I, I think that was kind of a, that, that was kind of what I was looking for from Deshaun Watson, yeah. right? Like was just, you know, there's so much, you know, there are so many moving pieces here in the preseason that it does, it makes it hard for, for you to evaluate really any player on just a pure, pure basis. Right. But like I wanted to at least see um, something that reminded me of the Deshaun Watson of yesteryear. And I didn't see it. And that was like, you know, this is, it's preseason, right? Like you don't have everybody on the field. You don't have all the starters involved. Um, you know, like that, that was kind of an opportunity for Deshaun Watson to maybe like beat up on these, these defenses a little bit. Um, and you just didn't see that. And, and that I, it's more of a a loser by omission. If that, if that makes sense again, you didn't see anything wrong, but is he still Deshaun Watson? I haven't seen anything to this point that makes me think that he is. Uh, Kate, just one more loser from the preseason uh, for me. It's Will Levis. And this 
not entirely his fault. Uh, Will Levis got a little bit banged up, played the first preseason game. We didn't see him in weeks two and three. The reason why he's a loser for me is because I thought Malik Willis, who got some extra reps because Levis was out, looked really good and looked really competent and looked improved. And now, it, to me, it just feels like Malik Willis is going to be the number two quarterback on this offense going into the season. Ryan Tannehill, obviously the starter. And then if everything goes well for Tennessee, Will Levis doesn't see the field. And that's just another year that we have to wait on Will Levis and his dynasty value and not knowing if he can play or not. This is already somebody who was a 24-year-old rookie coming out of Kentucky who needed more playing time. I just wonder, like, <laughs> I don't. you can't sell Will Levis now because nobody's buying, but if you did draft him fairly high in your Superflex leagues, like, I, I just wonder how long before he becomes a useful fantasy quarterback if it ever happens. Yeah, and and honestly, Marcus, on the the back of that, uh, we should probably acknowledge, uh, you know, Trey Lance and and what dynasty value he lost, right. uh, you know, due due to a similar. I I know it, he, I I don't know. Let me introduce you to your your oh, yeah. probably third third string quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Um, like it, from a similar standpoint, though, it, you know, from a a situation that you know, kind of holding on to Trey Lance, hoping that he would go to an offense where he might get some increased opportunities. Dallas is not the offense that he's no. going to see any chance or, or any, any kind of live reps, uh, anything like that. Like it was probably, I think of all the teams he could have gone to the worst circumstance um, for him to play I, right away for him yes. to play right away. Because I do think there's a chance. I do think this is a good spot for him to sit and develop because Yes, it's the Dallas Cowboys, and yes, there's a lot of attention on him. But once the season starts and, like, the Cowboys are actually playing games, nobody's going to think about Trey Lance. Nobody's going to care about Trey Lance, which is great for him. Now he can get 100% healthy, rework his mechanics, and then let's see where we're at next offseason and how he looks, and maybe another team will come by. I think that's fair, but in terms of, you know, being kind of stuck, you know, for, you know, a player that – needs reps, right? Like needs live. There is no substitute for live game reps for a player that needs live game reps. He couldn't have landed in a worse fair. spot. It, it, and um, he's somebody whose dynasty value has just cratered over the last, you know, several months. And we, we knew that he wasn't likely going to be the starter this year anyways, but I think a lot of people were hoping that he would eventually get a shot in San Francisco or they would trade him to a quarterback needy team. Just not the case at all. No, um, super, super bummed for Trey Lance. But again, hopefully, um, you know, this does provide him some opportunity to just like improve on himself as a player. But I I do think that he's kind of in this bucket now, um, despite the fact he's only 23 years old, which is is absolutely insane. That's why I'm still a little bit optimistic, right? Like go to Dallas, get with, uh, I, I think Mike McCarthy can develop quarterbacks. We've seen that in the past. Work on your technique, work on your form. And then even if you play out this rookie deal, you're going to be 25 years old, you know, two, three years removed from a major injury with some better coaching. Maybe I'm still optimistic that he can become a starting level quarterback in time. Two years ago uh, to the month, Marcus, Trey Lance was drafted on average as the QB nine in dynasty startups based on upside alone, baby. Talk about uh... a dynasty loser. Yeah, we we might have been involved in that a little bit in a startup <laughs> dynasty league. Uh, okay, let's let's talk about another interesting quarterback situation going on in New England. We will get to that next. 
This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fastest and the easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hype for the fun that you'll have. I use them to go buy tickets to the Bills games, which are just so close to me. I was actually on the app yesterday looking at Bills Buccaneers, a Thursday night game. It's so nice because you can even see like the, the picture of where your seats will be, so you won't be surprised when you get there. You can buy tickets in a matter of sec- seconds. Two st- uh, taps and you're in. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. I know that always stressed me out, having to scroll through all my email email when I'm getting in line to go in. You don't have to worry about that. It's right in the app. Snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first, first purchase. Term supply, but again, that is create an account. Redeem the promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, Kate, finishing up here on some of the winners and losers from the quarterback situation. I want to go to New England where there's a clear winner and loser here. The winner is Mac Jones. Only had 12 drop backs in the preseason. Looked really good. Led uh, New England to a, a touchdown drive. Saw New England running a bunch of RPOs and play action, which just suits his game so well now that Bill O'Brien is calling plays. And then on the flip side, Bailey Zappi, who we started to see his dynasty value kind of increase at the middle of the year last year. And even over the summer, he was dreadful in the preseason. I mean, just not good. He was 59 dropbacks, 30 of 51 for 250 yards, one of pro football focus's worst or lowest graded quarterbacks. I think any talk of a potential quarterback battle or competition here is clearly over. Yeah, it, that I think honestly, going totally off the field, right? Um, you know, I think we heard a lot of buzz uh, in it coming out of the Patriots locker room about Mac Jones kind of losing confidence and that being kind of an issue that seemed to be a big part of his struggles last season, um, you know, it came off a, a really successful rookie campaign going into year two, you kind of expected him to take that, that leap forward, uh, suffered an injury, wasn't totally healthy. Uh, but generally speaking, you know, especially it, given the the slower start he got off to then how good Bailey Zappi looked, it seemed like the narratives coming out of, of the, the Patriots camp here was that, you know, Mac Jones really struggled with confidence. And if anything, I do think that this, this, you know, this preseason showing from Bailey Zappi, those struggles, um, the lack of productivity, I think having that quiet, some of that narrative that, that there's a guy ready to, to jump him for the job. um, I I think that can be really helpful just in terms of confidence, which we know is so important to the quarterback position as a whole, um, really, really intrigued to see. Now, I, I think the bigger question for Mac Jones. Now, it's it's a fantastic uh, thing just to have a, a starting quarterback in your your super flex. I mean, spot, you're probably right? not like, starting him unless I mean, unless you really need him in a super flex league. But it's it's for everybody else. I just think Mac Jones gives you so much more upside if you have Juju Smith-Schuster or you have Hunter Henry or Mike Gesicki. Just think he gives you way more value. 
Yeah, I, I definitely agree there. And honestly, I, I would say that this is probably, you know, I, I think that the addition of Juju Smith-Schuster um, might be one of like the the more underrated ones. I, I think Juju is a, a guy that can really suit the play style of Mac Jones pretty well. I think he's he's one of these guys that can be uh, just a, a relatively really t- relatively safe player um, to help him move the chains, establish a rhythm as sure. a passer. Um, I, I feel like these two could complement each other in terms of their play style pretty well. Um, I, I like that fit there. And I, I think that Juju could be a little bit of a difference maker for Mac Jones in terms of, of setting, you know, setting the stage, setting the field. Um, you know, I, I think he's one of the better receivers that Mac Jones has played with to this point in his career so far. There could be something there that that helps him to elevate that game a little bit. But again, I keep going back to this point that confidence is probably at a, at you know the highest point yeah. we've seen since his rookie season, and that that can be a huge difference maker. Yeah, I, I think this New England offense is going to be a lot better than what people expect because it was so bad last year. Now you get a functional, and actually I think a good offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien. You get a much more confident and healthy. Mac Jones, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's multiple pass catchers in this offense that have week-to-week fantasy value. And Mac Jones, we saw as a rookie, you know, 24 touchdowns. I, I don't know if he gets back to that number because New England likes to run so much at the goal line. But if he's throwing 25 touchdowns and he's getting close to 4,000 passing yards, whether you like it or not, that's a super flex, you know, QB2 that you feel – pretty solid about every single week. So I just wanted to make sure that we included Mac Jones as one of the quarterbacks that we're talking about today, because I think he won the not again, not that there was a battle, but he separated himself so much from another contender, maybe more than any other quarterback uh, in the preseason. Yeah, I I think that's fair. Um, You know, for, for as much um, maybe lack of upside that Mac Jones might have, like, you know, three games over the past two seasons with three or more pl- uh, passing touchdowns, um, you know, several games with with more than 300 passing yards. Like, there, there's something to be had there, sure. um, it, you know, it, especially if you're, like, particularly weak at the quarterback position um, in a super flex league. I think Mac Jones is, is a fine trade target. He doesn't hold a ton of value, but – again, like you said, separated himself pretty clearly from the pack here um, in in a way that could be meaningful, both for Mac Jones and and his value and and his standing with this franchise long-term, but also the the value of the assets on the receiving end. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. Again, every day is Matt and Ryan. We'll be back on Tuesday and Wednesday to talk about running backs and wide receivers from the preseason. Kate, you and I back on Thursday uh, to talk about tight ends. And then we're going to do a little bit of a special show on Friday answering some of your Twitter questions. So make sure that you send them. And we are free to available on all platforms. Go check out our show on YouTube. We post shows every single day over there. Go follow Kate on Twitter at Kate Majuk. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we'll see you right back here again tomorrow.